Hi there. Do you want to write fiction that readers gush about, but you can't figure out how to fill in the beginning, middle, or end of your story? I can help with that. Do you struggle to flesh out character or plot or to stick with your story long enough to finish it? I can help with that. Once your book is written, are you totally clueless about marketing? Do you find yourself Googling how to market a book or how to make money on fiction? I can help with that. Welcome to the Prolific Author Podcast. You know you're meant to write fiction, but you can't seem to nail down the skills or processes that make it simple and repeatable, not to mention fun. So you wait around for the muse to show up, try to force your story into a template or outline, or take months, if not years, to discover your story. Plot twist, there's a better way. Hi, I'm Liesl, USA Today bestselling author, story psychologist, writing craft geek, Christian, and story clarity coach. After 10 years of trying to master fiction using the old industry standard writing advice, I still felt lost. I finally learned what fictional storytelling and the human template are really about. Humanity, emotional connection, and serving our readers by giving them relief through vicarious experience. Imagine learning how to flesh out your characters, plot, world, and theme with such definition and clarity that every story you ever write lands with readers and makes people go, wow, now there's an author. Imagine knowing how to drill down to the heart of your story to learn what it's really about and tell the unique story that only you can tell so that you can get more readers, more downloads, more royalties, and of course, more fiction writing success. This is the podcast for you. We are prolific authors. All right. Welcome back to the Prolific Author Podcast. We are here today with Catherine Amora. How are you today, Catherine? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Good. Why don't we start by having you tell everyone who you are and what you write? Okay. Well, um, my name is Catherine Amora, and I like to write romance. Uh, Currently, I have three books out in a historical romance uh, series. It's ancient world historical romance, so it's all ancient Rome stuff. Uh, but I'm working on another series that's kind of a paranormal romance series. So I like all things romance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I have a day job though. So I only get to do this at night, <laughs> but gotcha. I really enjoy it. <laughs> so how long have you been writing? Uh, I think I, I've been writing since I was a kid, but in like 2016 or 2017, Uh, I remember I was driving my family back from Illinois and it was snowing and we were in the mountains coming back to North Carolina. And I was thinking to myself, this is the year I'm just going to figure out how to do this, like to write a full novel from beginning to end. And I started thinking about this story. And that was the year that I actually, you know, figured out how many words I should write and how to formulate this. And I I started going to uh, the Georgia Romance Writers um, annual conference that they have in Atlanta, which was fantastic. It really helped me figure out how to try and do what I wanted to do. Um, so since then, um, I've, I've written a few stories. My first ones are the ones that I'm revamping now for the Paranormal series. And then the Ancient Rome ones are ones I wrote later on after I'd learned something about to how to do this. So it's been a lot of fun. I've loved yeah. it. Good. So my first question is, do you have any particular way that you sell your historical fiction? Ancient Rome is a really specific time period and I write historical. And so I'm just wondering how you go about doing that. Well, I'm not very good at the selling part yet. (laughs) Uh, I've been learning a lot about Amazon. I mean, most of the stuff I'm selling is on Amazon and most of it is by word of mouth um, or I'll have like free promotions. And I think that helps a lot because I think there's lists out there that, you know, people see when something is free and they try it. um, And then sometimes they like it and 
I think they keep getting emails every time I send, I, I publish something new. So that I think is very helpful. Um, but you know, I, I have a lot left to learn on the whole selling part of it. Um, so right now it's just word of mouth and um, you know, people who happen upon my, my stuff, but you're right. It's a very niche kind of um, period in time, which I think is pretty cool to, you know, have something that's different, but yeah. at the same time, the same, because it's still got, you know, a guy who likes a girl and a girl who likes a guy and they, you know, get together. So it's still the same in that respect, but just all the stuff around them is different. Right. Yeah. I think, I think historical is one genre that Amazon still really needs to niche down on to different time periods. Cause you can't call yes. all historical yeah. romance or all historical fiction the same because they're all different time periods. And yeah, yeah. there's like literally a thousand of them. <laughs> so they don't yeah. have nearly enough categories for all of them. Yes, I always have trouble with that when I'm trying to pick the, the categories I'm in, but ancient world, I guess, is the best we can do at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, what can you tell us about, you know, the early part of your journey and the kinds of mistakes you made and overcame when you were learning how to do this? Well, I think my biggest problem was to learn how to accept criticism and um, learn from it. Um, I think all of us, or especially me, you know, I write something down, I'm like, oh, this is really good. But that's because I don't know enough to know that, you know, there are things that are lacking in how I've expressed an idea. Um, mm -hmm. You know, my grammar is good. I, I know how to write, but that's different from knowing how to write. Um, right. And just having my stories uh, in um, contests or sub submitting them, uh, the Georgia Romance Writers Conference has a great um, contest, I'll call it a contest, every year for unpublished authors and you get a critique on your first 30 pages. And I think I learned more from that than mm. anything else because you get to see what others are um, reading into your story and, oh, well, where's the backstory of the hero? Oh, well, I know it, it's in my head, but I didn't happen to write it down in the first or second chapter. And that's the kind of stuff, you know, when you read it something and it's really good, you know, it's really good and you're immersed in it, but then you go back and think about, well, why was this one good? And then this other one that I read was, not as engaging or not as, you know, I had to sneak to, away to the bathroom during the day so that I could read, you know, while my kids were downstairs fighting over lunch, you know, that's, that's the kind of book that I want to write is one that, you know, kind of consumes someone. Um, right. And that's the stuff that's harder to learn and just takes time and takes the criticisms and the, um, the constructive criticisms, but, you know, they are people that are pointing out things that you could do better. And I think that for me, that's been very hard to you know, first put yourself out there to get that kind of criticism. Uh, and then when you get it to actually think about it and think, okay, how can I do this better? Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's one of the hardest things for everyone, but I, I really like the way that you said that, that we have to accept that the way that we uh, express an idea might not be coming across to the reader the way we think it is. So yeah. how would you suggest that new, you know, authors go about kind of strengthening that muscle to, to get to the point where they can accept the criticism and, and learn from it? I think it just takes uh, going through it a lot and then getting that thick skin, um, you know, and, and it's different asking your mom to read something than it is right. to ask um, a sister-in-law or, uh, you know, a coworker or a neighbor or someone who's less um, you know, involved in your, who, who loves you less, I guess, is the easy <laughs> way to put it. But, you know, everyone wants to be encouraging and that's really good. But sometimes you need someone who has no, you know, skin in the game to just tell you, hey, this is how, this is what I thought here. And this is what you can do better because right now 
you know, you're not, you're not doing the best that you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it just takes doing it over and over again. And I still cringe every time I see, you know, someone's um, comments on a, a beta read or something, but you know, it's, it, it does get easier. I think the more you do it. Yeah, for sure. I think so too. I think it's the hardest thing to do early on with your first manuscript because it's your baby and it's hard to uh, <laughs> accept it on that. But once you get a few cranking out, then you kind of get used to it and know that uh, you got to get some critiques on it and everything. Yeah. And, and you also, you have all this self-doubt to begin with. So when you put yourself out there and then you get something less than, oh, this was the, the best book I've ever read in my whole life, then I don't know, it's easy to let that feed your own self-doubt and, oh, I'll never be that good and I'll never make it. And and that's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that you have to kind of shut off and just accept the words for what they are and do better. And if you want it and you keep working at it, I think anybody can can do it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So you said you're revamping some of your early stories. So um, tell us a little bit about, about that and what you've learned in terms of the art of storytelling over the years. Apparently, I've learned a lot because I read them now and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. <laughs> I think one of my biggest problems when I first started writing is the how I uh, express this descriptions in my uh, stories. I'm not a description person, so I don't like describing things. I like to get to the feelings and you know how, how people feel towards each other and what they say. I like dialogue a lot. Um, but you still have to set up you know what's going on and what things look like. But how you do that can either make a book heavy, you know, like heavy with data, and you don't want to do that. Like I would read some passages and it looked like a laundry list of what the person had in the refrigerator. And and that has nothing to do with the story. It doesn't matter that, you know, they have to put aside the ketchup to get to the relish. I mean, it doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. but you have to have enough to give the, the story, the reader an idea of what's going on without giving details that are unimportant. And that's a very hard thing to figure out what that balance is. And -hmm. another thing that I've learned more recently is that descriptions of things have to do with the perspective of who you're writing from. So, you know, if someone's walking into their house for the 8,000th time, they're not going to notice the molding and the, you know, the brocade and the fabric curtain, you know, those are the descriptions that aren't natural. You, You don't walk into a house and admire your own unless you're looking at it from a different perspective or you're with someone who's never seen it and you're like oh I I never noticed that you I do have you know very fancy furnishings or something so you have to pick your point of view to kind of help you with the descriptions that you're wanting to give to add to the story Mm -hmm. Um, so those are all things I think that when you read a really good book you take for granted because it all seems easy and you get the picture in your head and Um, It doesn't seem uh, unnatural or forced, but it's very hard to do that and to put it into practice. So those are the things that I'm trying to work on with uh, the revamping that I'm doing. Um, Yeah. So what kind of difference do you think it makes um, getting the right kinds of details across? Like, why is that so important? Well, I think details help you understand what the characters are feeling um like when two when the hero and the heroine are looking at each other you know just describing what they're seeing in the other person gives you an idea of how they feel towards the other person because mm-hmm. um, it's descriptions aren't objective uh they're subjective right. and it depends on who's doing the describing what they're going to say um so that can all very subtly tell you how the people are feeling um, and, and set the mood and explain the plot. I mean, descriptions are very 
important, uh, but it's equally important to do them uh, the right way. Uh, and it's very hard. I mean, these things are very hard to figure out and I'm still figuring it out. Um, but I think the more you read and the more you try and write and then reread re and rewrite and get people's perspective on what you've written, I think that just helps you learn how to do it uh, better. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really a good thing to point out to new authors because you know, most new authors and we were all there at one point don't know what they don't know. So when, I mean, I guess the, the kind of the two things you've gone over to recap are when you're doing a description, it needs to be relevant to the story, not just random extraneous details, but also needs to be filtered through the perspective of the character. And which means not only how they describe it, but like what they think about what they're describing, what their emotions exactly. about it are, you know? Yeah. And the words they use to describe it, um, you know, if it's if it's someone like me describing a car, I'm going to call it red, small. I mean, I'm not going to know the make and model unless someone tells me or it's a car that I knew from my past. You know, so all these things, you know, the vocabulary even that you use has to be uh, relevant to the person who's who's doing it. And that helps you pick your point of view, too. I think if you know what you want to describe, then maybe you use, you know, the the one character's point of view rather than the other and then switch back later. So that all, it all, it's like a puzzle. My mother-in-law asks me all the time, you know, I don't know how you do this and how you think of all these things, but then she'll sit down and do like a 2000 piece puzzle. I'm like, I can't do a 2000 piece puzzle, but to me, these stories are like puzzles and that's how mm -hmm. I, you know, work on my puzzles. So it's, right, it's right. the same type of exercise. So do you have any particular tips for getting into the character's point of view so that you can describe things from their point of view? Uh, I think just for me, I think about the characters a lot during the day, like walking from my car to work or, mm. you know, just every minute that I'm not writing or not, um, you know, working on stuff that I, I you know, if I'm not concentrating, I'm going to get fired. <laughs> that kind of thing. You know, I, I think about my characters and where they're at this, in the story what they would be feeling and what they would be doing next, what they would be saying. I mean, I think it's a form of insanity, really. I have voices <laughs> in my head all the time and it's not normal, but um, that's how I that's how I write when I'm not writing. And then when I sit down for the 20 minutes that I have at night, then I'll write. And sometimes I'll write a page, sometimes I'll write two lines. And that's still, you know, that's still adding to what, you know, working towards the goal that I have of finishing the story. But I think just thinking through things a lot and then not being scared when you're rereading things to just cut things out and you know do it over again or um, you know revise you can't be too wedded to what you've written because you know sometimes the things that come out are not as good as what could be there so you have to not be scared about pressing the delete button sometimes yeah for sure for sure yeah, that's that's really great advice. So can I ask, um, is there any particular reason that you picked like historical and paranormal or like, can you tell us a little bit about what's different and what's the same between them? Sure. Um, well, the, the historical, the ancient Rome stuff, um, my first story in that series, uh, I, I knew what I wanted the setup to be and I wanted the heroine to have a brother who had um, uh, some form of autism that people didn't understand, you know, that he looked normal. He looked like a person you would, you know, meet and have a conversation with, but he had the mind of a child. So mm -hmm. he's not your typical person. And I wanted that to cause problems with, um, you know, some military service that he had to do. And that would be her motivation for marrying this older governor. Um, and then, you know, of course, she meets some other guy and that causes conflict. 
Um, so I was trying to think of a time period where that kind of setup would work. It obviously wouldn't work, you know, these days. And um, I don't know, I just started looking at uh, ancient Rome and seeing, oh, okay, you know, I think that we could make that work. And then the more I researched it, the more uh, I found it interesting. And, um, and I, I tried to find books to read in the ancient Roman time period that were romance. And I read uh, um, some Kate Quinn um, novels, um, and but that was it. Like I couldn't find, and I know there's other stuff out there, but just like perusing the shelves at Barnes and Noble, I couldn't, you know, find that much. Mm -hmm. so I thought, well, that's also kind of cool to write something that, you know, nobody will know really if I describe this incorrectly. <laughs> this one detail, <laughs> you know, right. it's a little bit easier to write about something that not many people know uh, about. You can kind of fill in the blanks um, as long as it makes some sort of logical sense. You know. Yeah. So it was fun. It was it was fun to do the research for that. Yeah, yeah. So what are your plans for the future then? Are you going to keep writing paranormal or historical or do other genres? Uh, I, I have one more book in the ancient Roman um, series that I um, started writing. Uh, so that's the fourth book. And then in the paranormal series, I have two written, one almost completely rewritten that's going to come out later this year. And then the second one I have to rewrite. And I think that'll um, go pretty fast. The third book I have half written, and that's a vampire story. Mm. I love vampires, even though they're everywhere, but I still love them. Um, <laughs> and then I have a fourth one in my head that I haven't uh, started writing yet. So I think that'll take us till maybe 20, 28 or so, <laughs> uh, unless, uh, unless I make enough money that I can quit my day job. But uh, yeah, yeah. But so, so I have plans like that, but uh, I just like, I like romance. I think that's at the heart of anything that I, I want to write. And um the, the historical stuff, even the paranormal stuff has some historical elements to it and flashbacks and things like that, because I think I'll, I'll keep going back to that. Yeah, that's it's fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. So do you have any other advice you'd like to dispense to new writers who are maybe just getting started? Don't give up, uh, keep doing it and do it because you love it. Don't do it, I mean, I mean, it'd be nice to make money and you know have that be your livelihood and um, you know that would be fantastic, but I I'm writing because I love it and I I love hearing what people think of my stories um, and that just makes me happy it makes me complete and I I wonder how I, I'm 45 years old and I wonder how it took me this long you know I started writing again when I was what like 38 or 39 or something and I had kids and you know life you know happens and I didn't really think about it but um, I'm very glad that I'm doing it again it makes me a whole person and I I think it makes me better at everything else that I'm doing to have this part fulfilled for myself. Yeah, that's I love that. That's really lovely. And I think that you're a really good example of someone who, you know, isn't doing it full time and it's you just, you know, get in the writing time whenever you can, but you still push forward and get your books done, you know. So, you know, there's a lot of people who if they don't have several hours every day like just get frustrated and give up, but you just take, you know, whatever time you can and it adds up and you end up getting things published. Yeah, and I think if people, if someone really wants to do it, you know, they, they should definitely do it. And don't be afraid to ask people for what they think or what their advice is. That was another thing that in the beginning, I didn't want to tell anyone that I was writing. I didn't want anyone to read my stuff because I didn't think it was good. But so what? Have them read it. Have them tell you what they think about it and then get better. That's what you mm -hmm. want to do. Then, you know, work at it and do better and, and you will get better. It's all yeah. practice. Uh, my mom used to say nobody comes out of their mother's womb knowing how to do anything. You know, you, you learn how to do all this stuff. And I tell right. myself that all the time. <laughs> so, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's such great advice. 
Well, thank you so much for being here with us today and for sharing your experiences with us. Um, where can people connect with you and your books? Uh, well, I think if you Google Catherine Amora, uh, it's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-A-M-U-R-R-A. -R -R -A. Uh, it's the only one out there on mm -hmm. Amazon and uh, I have a website, but it's a very, um, very uh, <laughs> fragile, frail thing. I have to <laughs> get better at that too, but uh, you can find out about me there too. And Great. you want to email me, email me. I, I love uh, hearing from people. Um, all right, I will make sure and uh, link those up in the show notes so that everybody can find you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, thanks for being here and uh, good luck with everything. Great talking to you. Thank you. You too. <laughs> Bye-bye. Before you go, if you found value in this episode, can you do me a solid and share it with other authors you think might benefit from it? Remember, the rising tide lifts all boats. Also, if you haven't yet, would you be willing to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts? It's the only way for me to know that you're enjoying the podcast and it helps Apple recommend it to other authors like you who might benefit from it. Finally, if you haven't already, hop over and join the prolific author community on Facebook. Inside, authors network, ask questions, and I often do teaching via Facebook Lives. Thank you so much for listening today. Happy story crafting this week. And remember, there is always a market for awesome.